they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Luke nine fifty seven through 62. All right, if you have your Bibles, we're going we're gonna to spend pretty much our whole time this morning in those uh, six or so verses. Uh, we've been walking for a while now in this specific chapter of Luke, and then uh, if you've been here for really the last six weeks, congratulations, we've made it together through a whole uh, chapter of the Bible. Uh, we'll, we'll find a resting spot in our journey through the Gospel of Luke until, uh, I, I think, God willing, around... Uh, the beginning of summer, uh, and then we'll spend the next, uh, really the summer months, uh, walking through Luke 10 and 11, and then we'll uh, jump in the fall, uh, again, God willing, in the book of Philippians. And so, but, but what we've done, really, these past six weeks has, has been this desire to help us see Jesus more clearly. Uh, and now, if you've been a part of Merge for a while, you, you would know that, that the last series uh, that we taught, we said, you know, our desire is that you would see Jesus more clearly. And then the series before that, you're like, how many different things does this guy say? Nothing. I, I just desperately want you to see Jesus more clearly. And that, this is all we've been trying to do uh, these past six or so weeks. And, and so, so really, no matter where you fall uh, in life with God, uh, we want you to see Jesus more clearly. So, so if you are standing on the shoreline and you, you got some questions and, and you're hesitant to put your feet in the water, we, we hope that these last six weeks as we've walked together would serve as an opportunity for you to see the role of Jesus in your life. And now let's say that, that maybe you are, you've waded out into those waters and, uh, and you're, you're knee deep or, or you're chest deep, you know, but, but you're, you're close enough to run to the shore in case, you know, you get tired uh, and, or, you, or something scares you. You know, what we hope is that you would see through these chapters that, that, that Jesus equips you uh, and Jesus is near to you. And then, then maybe you've been walking with Christ for years and years and years and maybe even decades and and you are deep out there in those waters uh and what, what we hope is that that luke 9 would serve as, as almost a buoy where you say okay i'm going to swim to that i'm going to cling to it i'm going to get some rest so i can swim even further that's that's the intention that's that's all we're trying to do now when we when we opened uh chapter 9 we we began with the end in mind in fact if you remember uh, we came in and we talked about this specific uh, set of verses very briefly uh, because it sets the stage that, that someone walks up and they say, Hey, Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And as it, as it stands, that's, that's the declaration of a gospel believer. Any person who is found in Jesus, uh, that is exactly what they say. They follow. They follow it's the declaration so so as we are ransomed by him 
uh, that, that Jesus goes to the cross for our sins, that, that he restores what is broken between our relationship between us and God, that, that, that we would, as a result of that, we would go wherever he would say to go. We would say whatever he says to say. We would do whatever he says to do, not out of obligation, but out of joy. And we're, we're going to talk about that dichotomy here in just a little bit, if I remember. Um, that, that, that we don't serve out of obligation, we serve out of joy. It, it's, it's like being married, right? You, you don't love your spouse because you have to love your spouse. You love your spouse because it's your joy to light them up. It's your joy to see them thrive. And so, so that's what it is. As we talk about Jesus, I'll go with you wherever you go. That's, I do so because you are my greatest treasure. You are my great prize. And, and so what we've done is, is we've kind of asked this question. We've asked three of them in particular. Uh, and the, the first question in this chapter that we dealt with was, was who is this Jesus, right? So if we're going to say, I'll follow you wherever you go, it's, it's a good idea to know who you're going to follow. Uh, and so, so we kind of came along and we realized that, that the Bible describes him, this chapter in particular, describes him as God's chosen one, that Jesus is our Messiah, that he dies the death that we deserve to die so that we can live the life that we can live restored by God's great love. And, and so, so, so as we asked that question, what followed was the second one of, as I follow Jesus, what, what follows me? And, and we saw in this chapter, we saw how, how, he, um, how, how purpose and power follow me for the glory of God, how, how insight and expectation follow me, how, how I go through the cross to get to the crown, uh, and then lastly, how we triumph in the truth of, of who Jesus is. That, that we, don't really, we don't really have big victories apart from who Jesus is. And, and now then that kind of led us to last week where, where we asked uh, a question of, okay, as I follow Jesus, how does he change my attitudes? And, and we saw that, that Jesus models and, and really moves through these three different themes that we walked through last week, how he moves us from, um, from competition to humility, uh, how he moves us from tribalism to cooperation, and then he moves us from vengeance to mercy. Uh, and we saw that. We saw that as uh, the disciples have a lack of love for, for first each other, then secondly for people who are outside, who are believers but outside the group, uh, and then lastly for people they would call their enemies, that, that Jesus moves us. And we ended our time asking this question that, that what difference would Merge have in this city if we were marked by people who are humble, cooperative, and mercy-filled? And we said that's important because those are, those are markers of love, right? You, if, if, you, if you know a person who's humble and cooperative and merciful, you don't really typically walk away saying, gosh, I hate that guy. Like, he is just a dirtbag. He is so forgiving, I just want to drop kick them, right? You, you, you don't get to that place. And we said, we said in order for a, for a church to have that reputation, that, that the people of that church have to carry that reputation, which is ironic, you know, not ironic and not even coincidental. Jesus comes in, and we, we ended our time with this, remembering that Jesus comes in with his disciples, and he says, a new commandment I'm going to give you, 
that you would love one another as I have loved you. And he says, in doing so, in doing so, people will know that you are my disciples. People will know that you have been changed by the life of Jesus when you carry this. And so, so really, that, that's kind of, that's, now you're caught up. If, you, if you've never been here, haven't been in the last six weeks, now you're caught up, right? Uh, in fact, some of you are like, I wish I had just heard that part rather than the, you know, five hours of the limited series, right? So, so but where we go today is, is a, I'll be honest, it's, it's a hard set of verses, but it's not a complicated set. Uh, it, it's hard because there are times in our lives that it's difficult to reconcile what to do when we feel pulled in two directions. And now if you're a believer, I, th- I think you can understand this, that, that there is a, there's a tension in our hearts at times to be pulled heavenward and then also to be pulled earthbound. Uh, and so, so this is kind of where we go today. And so, so what we have are, are two declarations, one invitation. And in that, really, what Jesus is helping us understand are, are some of the difficult places that following him will, will take us. And it can take us. And, and I think we, we find this model a lot in the Bible, that, that Jesus will take us, or the Bible will take us, to, to the hard extremes, so that he says, you know, if you're willing to sign up for that, everything else that follows, that, that are to lesser degrees, will be easier to to chew on and easier to to walk in and and so so now I, I say that because what Jesus says here rubs us at times the wrong way and, and I think primarily that's the case because uh, we, we live in an age where where Jesus is sold like a product to consumers uh, and 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 a life with him is incentivized. Uh, as if he were not enough. Okay, now I want to be very clear about that here. Uh, Jesus is more than enough. But we live in a time where, where the consumer says, well, what else do I get? Uh, you know, I get what, what's behind door number one, but can I get something behind door number two out of it? And the gospel says, no, no, this door number one is all you're ever going to need. And, and so, and, then now, and I say that, and let's illustrate it this way. So, so Easter's coming up. Uh, here in a couple of weeks, and, and this is typically about the time that, that the church starts to um, tell their people, hey, um, if you don't have a fa- friend, find a friend, and then invite that friend, right? Uh, and bring them to Easter. It's kind of a big deal. It's one of our two Super Bowl Sundays, right? Uh, and, and so so what we'll do, though, out, out of that, and I think um, desiring people to, to join you for an Easter service is great. And it's genuine. And, and I think a lot of churches will do that with a genuine desire to help people who are far from God find life in Christ. Now, now where, we, where we really kind of, I think, jump a track, okay? And this is just old man Gary's soapbox for a moment, okay? Are the things that we do to try to lure people into the door. And like, like over the years, I have seen some really great ones that, that like, for instance, hey, Show up for Sunday, fill out a card, and enter to win a new iPad, right? Uh, and or 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 show up uh, for Sunday and uh, and 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 make sure you stop by the the station for your your mini family portrait session, right? And if your spouse isn't good looking enough, don't worry about it. We got uh, musicians; they they can fill in, right? Kids aren't cute enough; 
we got a ton of cute kids to replace yours, right? Because the Instagram feed needs to look better than maybe your family looks. I'm just saying. I mean, as as the yeah the the replaced guy in our family picture, uh, that's the way it would work. Or or show up to our church because we're going to talk about life to the extreme with motocross jumps inside the worship center. You know. And now. I'm not, well, I was going to say, I'm not calling those churches out. I guess I kind of am. Um, and I think, I don't know if that's, I think it's okay. Michelle says that's okay. Um, but, but here's what I know. That, that what you win people with is what you win people to. Uh, and and so, so here, we want to win people with Jesus. Because, because the dangerous part of a gospel is, is, is Jesus is Lord, and that's absolutely true, right? Jesus is Lord and Savior and our prize, but, but, but the, the dangerous part of a gospel, if I'm trying to sell it to you, is I will say Jesus is Lord who comes to make sure you are always happy, always well-fed, always comfortable. And the danger in that, it's not true. It's just, it is just not true and and so so we we find now what we do find in the bible is our promises that we will be filled with joy and we will be filled with peace regardless of of the circumstance we will have provision according to what we truly need we will have equipping for life that 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 is to be lived on a frontier rather than a rocking chair to sit on the porch for the rest of your life as you just wait until you die so you can go to heaven like those are the promises we get in the gospel, but 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 if a, if a, the danger for a guy like me is to believe that if I try to if I have to sell you on Jesus, I will create a version of him that's just not true and just not able to sustain you in the moments when things fall apart. Okay, so 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 why why do I say all that? That's like the longest intro of all time, right? I say all of that to say this, that, um, that someone in verse 57 says this, Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And he looks at the guy, he looks at the person and says, hey man, I just want you to be aware, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Now, now I think there's probably some sort of context there, um, because what, what happened last? Uh, what we find in the scene last the last scene last week was was Jesus goes into Samaria. He sends someone to create preparation, and this village rejects him. Right, and, and then he's he. This is when James and John were like, "Hey, you want us to call down fire from heaven?" Right, and Jesus is like, "Cool your jets, guys. Um, we'll just go to the next town." Right. And so I don't know how, how quickly this declaration comes out as they're walking on the road, and some guys like, "Wherever you go, I'm in." And he's like, dude, we don't even got a place to sleep tonight. And so, so, so understanding the cost of following Jesus is incredibly important. Because, and here's what I want you to notice. That, that Jesus does not deny either declaration or the invitation. What he does is he clarifies it. He doesn't say, hey, you can't do this. He just says um, that, that what we need to understand 
is what it looks like to follow. So he doesn't deny, but, but, he, but he also doesn't give them a Starbucks gift card and a free t-shirt and says, thanks for visiting with us today. Okay? Because he's not trying to sell himself. He isn't. The gospel doesn't need to be sold. So, so, so the second guy comes in, and Jesus invites him. Jesus says, hey, follow me. And, and this guy says, I'll follow, but first let me bury my dad. And then Jesus says something like what seems to be really interesting, right? Something that you're like, hey, man, uh, if you're trying to make friends, this isn't the way to do it. Uh, he says, you know, uh, let the dead bury the dead. And you're like, man, that seems so harsh. And I think, I think there's probably some, some context that, we, again, would be pretty helpful. Um, in this scene, we, the way I read it, the way I've read it for years, is, is we've just arrived on the day that the guy's dad died. Right? Uh, and we're like, Jesus, and the guy is like digging a grave, and he's like, hey, let me finish this task. And Jesus says, no, let the dead bury the dead. Now, now that could be the case. But this also could be a sign of, of hesitancy that he's like, hey, Jesus, I'll follow you. And now tell me if this doesn't find some of us here. I'll follow you, but first let's take care of a career. Let us buy a house. Let us get married. Let us have kids. But first, but first, but first, but first. He says, but first let my dad die. Now, we don't know in this moment if the dad has died, is dying, or will die, right? And then secondly, I think there's a case to be made that, that the Jewish burial process involved uh, being in a tomb, and then a year later, you collect the bones and you put it in an ushery box, right? So, so he gets, we could be at the funeral, and he's like, hey, let me bury my dad, and that ends in, in another year, um, and, or maybe his, his hesitancy is he's heard that these disciples don't have a place to sleep. And he's like, I need my dad to die so I can get my inheritance so that I can stay at the Hilton when we're on the road. Right? Now, let's not act like we haven't just been found out in that moment. I'll go with you wherever you go as long as, or if I can do this first. So we try to make bargains with the Almighty. And then, then this third person in, in verse 61, he says, uh, he says, I'll follow you wherever you go. And, and, uh, and then he says, but first let me say goodbye to my family. And, uh, and, now, now, and, and Jesus, again, will say something that to our ears seems really weird and, and unloving. But, but basically what he says is, is you can't do life looking backwards if the intention is to walk forward. He said, eventually, either, either you're going to swerve, right, or you're going to walk right into a wall without knowing it. And so, so this is exactly where we're at. So, so in all three places, he says, no one puts his hand to the plow, right, uh, and looks back as fit for the kingdom. And so, so in all three of these places, we see this, this call to follow Jesus. And, and really what this call is, is that the following Jesus should be the center movement of our lives really should be that that now and so he doesn't and it's easy i think at times to read verses like this and say okay well jesus has given us new commandments new laws and so apparently in this new way of living we we live as nomads we skip funeral services uh and we ghost our family members right and now some of us are like hmm 
not a bad idea. But that's not what he's saying. That's not. Jesus, I believe what's happening here is that Jesus knows our idols. He does. He, he knows our idols. He knows that there are things in our life, and, and hear me when I say this, some of those things are good. But we will take those good things and we will try to make them ultimate. And in those moments, Jesus speaks into that. And he says, he says these, ca- these things can't be ultimate because they don't sustain you. They can't give you life. They can't restore life into your dead body. You can't do it this way. Jesus knows our idols. He knows our desire for comfort and our hesitancies to go places and, and our temptations to look back. And he speaks into that. And so, so, so Jesus, and I, I, should, I want to tread carefully because I, don't want, I want to make sure I'm clear that, that a desire for, for comfort or a love for family, that's not a bad desire. It's not. It just, it just can't be the ultimate pursuit of your life. It can't. It cannot. You cannot build a life on those things. And and Jesus. So so Jesus is not anti-family. He's not anti-home. Uh, but what's coming to the surface is that we would cherish him as more precious than even the good things in our life. And and so so the argument kind of gets built out that that's that's too much. What he's asking for is too much. That's. That's too hard. And usually when, when that's the case, uh, that argument gets built on, and tell me if I'm not right about this, uh, that, that that argument gets built out based on how we feel and what we're trying to avoid. Right? Uh, like, like, that doesn't make me feel good, and I'm trying to avoid discomfort, so what you're saying is too much. And now here's the thing. If you walked away from Jesus in that moment, just know you're not alone in that. John chapter 6, there's this moment where Jesus is talking about following him, and these people are like, that's too hard, and they walk away. And Jesus looks at his disciples, and they, he, says, he says, are you guys going to go too? And Peter says, where would we go? You're the Christ. Where, where, where will we go to find more satisfaction than here in your presence? And so if, you know, I'm just, I, I, if you find yourself in this moment, as we've listened to Kelly read these words, that I've kind of laid a little bit of groundwork about this theme, and you say, man, that's, that's too hard. Now, I, I want to interject something. And there's this moment in Matthew, uh, Matthew 13, uh, where Jesus is describing life in the kingdom of God, and he says, it's, it's like a treasure that's found in a field. And then he says, it's like a merchant who's looking for a pearl. And when they find that, when they find the treasure, when they find the pearl, they go sell all that they have to obtain it. And in their joy, they celebrate what they have. So, so when you say, hey, this is too hard, I believe that your issue isn't that it's too hard, it's that you haven't found a joy in Christ worth giving your life towards. Which would make me wonder, if you've been sold a version of Jesus that's incomplete. Because here's what we know. Jesus changes everything. And so, so, but there still rests a tension, right? 
Like even even if you're like I do I do desperately love Jesus. There's this this tension that still exists because one moment we as a body, you as a person could say Jesus Christ our perfect sacrifice. You are beautiful, and our hope is in you. Remember that? We just did it like, like 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago. I don't know. We all sang it together. We can mean that, and then in the next moment, we can find ourselves searching for, for hope elsewhere, trying to build a, a house elsewhere. And, and now, now this tension creates objections in our own spirits. Okay, and now I've been I've been in full time ministry for like nine hundred and thirty four years. Uh, that's not true. Uh, a little little over twenty years. And I, in the course of those that time, I have heard a lot of objections for why we don't follow Jesus, why I don't want to go where where I said I'll follow you wherever, and Jesus says, "Okay, go there," and we're like, "Ah, about that." And, and typically there, there, there are about three where I, I believe there's some commonality uh, between us. And the first one is it's like this. If, if Jesus said, um, hey, follow me, and we would look at him and we'd say, I would follow you there today, but it is, and the first thing we would say, it's too hard. It is. It, it is just too hard. And now how do I know that? Because I know that we are a society that avoids hard, and it shows. It does. Again, I'm going to hop back on old man Gary's soapbox. Right? As a society, we avoid hard, and it shows. We, we, are, we are quick to the easy, even though um, there, are, there are massive side effects to easy over hard uh, that, that create a whole new mess of problems, right? So, so, in fact, just listen to a, to a medical, uh, to a, um, what do we call the, a commercial, um, that's old school, uh, it tells you we've cut the cord in our house, uh, that, that, that you have a, com- a commercial for a piece of medication, and then they have all those side effects, like, hey, we could do, we could fix this area maybe, but you might have 15 other issues, um, such as death is involved. And we're like, sounds great, let's do it. So, so we went quick, um, and even though there's side effects, we, 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 we want to base our decisions on an easy today, even though it forsakes a healthy tomorrow. Right? I remember growing up as a teen being like, man, I will make a decision today, and I don't care what happens 15 years from now because of it. Because I am all in right now. And what I'm learning at 41 is, Man, there are a lot of those moments that I'm like, I'd make a decision today, and I don't care what happens 15 years from now. We, we, we like the fad rather than developing the discipline. And, and now what happens, what happens in a life like that where we avoid the hard all the time, and we refuse to acknowledge it, is, is when it does get hard, we don't know what to do. We don't. We don't know what to do with that weight and that tension, and that pressure. We don't know what to do. That, that we, may, we may long to still be healthy and productive, but, but, it, but it's, it's like going into a gym, walking through the door, and they say, hey, in order for you to leave here healthy and productive, you've got to pick up those weights, and you're like, nah, I'm good. Then you get mad at the gym because you're still a little fluffy. It's not the gym's fault. You didn't put in 
the work. And what you don't realize in life, the hard. And the hard brings the strain, and the strain builds the muscle. That's the way it works. But we want to avoid that. And, and so, so the strain is where we develop the strength, and avoiding the strain we avoid the experience of the growth. And, and, and with Jesus, what we find is he's very honest, right? I'll follow you wherever you go. And he's like, hey, your head's going to sleep on the dirt tonight. Just want to make you aware of that. But you know what I love about it? He's there with you. That's the promise. That, that, that with Jesus, today's hard, and, and I don't know if this is an encouragement to you, but it's the truth. Today's heart is building up for tomorrow's heart. Okay? Today's heart is building up for tomorrow's heart because tomorrow's heart is going to be more difficult than today's heart. And so you level up in that strength. You build the muscle so you can stand. So, so we look at Jesus and we say, I'll follow you wherever you go. And he says, great, let's go here. And we're like, that's too hard. And then secondly, we say, that's too painful too painful. Now, I have, a, I have a specific pain in mind here this morning um, that, that uh, I love the church. I do. I love the body of Christ. I love this church. But what I, what I do know about the church, and again, 937 years of being in church, is that we are prone to eat our own. We are prone to our own out and the number of people that I have seen walk away from God because they've been wounded by the church it's so unfortunate and it breaks my heart every single time that, that we wound people to the point where they walk away from God now here's the thing, them walking away from God is that's not on you, that's their decision but we play a role in that and now, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way, right? We shouldn't walk away from God because we've been wounded by people, but nonetheless, that's the same. So I'm not, I don't, I don't want to try to minimize, if that's you, and I think that might be some of us here, right? Because once I said it, we're all like, yep. That's exactly what you sounded like in your own spirit. So, so, so I don't want to minimize that, and I don't want to dismiss it, but, but, but walking away from God because of, People, it, it, it's kind of like deciding never, ever, ever to eat again because you had food poisoning once. Right? Like, we would not do that, right? You have, I, now, you might not go back to that restaurant, right? Like, like bringing up that, that restaurant's name might make, you know, like, never again. But you still eat, don't you? And, and so... But what I find in this area, that's, that's not necessarily the case. That, that we are wounded, and so we say it's too painful to follow you because I've been wounded. Now, here's what, here's what I would just encourage you to remember, that, that we are flawed people. We are all in process. We, you are in Jesus. You are being sanctified. So that means, that means you don't arrive, but you are growing in Jesus from here until you go uh, to heaven. And so, so we are flawed, and, and typically the grace that we want is, is rarely the grace we extend. 
And, and so, so the wound becomes the crutch, and the crutch allows the heart to get cold. But the problem is toward God. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way. And now we could spend the next 30, 40 minutes just talking about other areas where it's too painful, right? That guy, Jesus says, hey, go here. And we're like, that's too many bad memories. That takes me to a place that, that I've told myself I'm never going to again. So we look and we say, I'd follow, but it, it's too hard and, and it's too painful. And then, and then I think, lastly, it's just, it's too scary. Like, like, Jesus, I'll go with you wherever you go, as long as it's my living room, you know. And as long as the remote has batteries and, and I have access to the fridge, you know. But anywhere else, I'm, I'm in. But we look and we say, that's just, it's, that's too scary. And it's too scary because I lack the courage because there's too many uncertainties. Right? Isn't that the case? Isn't that, isn't that your justification at times, that, God, I'd, I'd do whatever you're telling me to do if you would just assure me uh, of how it all worked out? And if you would just promise me that every light's going to be green and that there's going to be no worry, I can actually speed in Jesus' name, you know, and no police are going to pull me over for it? And now here's what, here's what we know, is that, is that walking by faith is for the brave. It is. Because you're, you're not walking if you're not walking by faith with Jesus. So, so walking by faith is for the brave. And so, so when Jesus says, hey, let's walk down a dark hallway or let's walk into a messy place and that fear paralyzes us, we say, okay, I, I have to go. I can't, I can't turn the, off the closet light because I'm afraid of the dark. And, and that, that, that fear and that paralysis exposes our reliance on ourselves. And a lot of us today, and I'm, since I'm already just kind of kicking you, let's just keep doing it, right? A lot of us today sing some words that our heart didn't mean. And we could, we could try to convince ourselves and we could try to tell other people, but, but as it sits, my reliance isn't on God, it's on myself. And that, that's evident when, when times of trial or, or when circumstances change, we don't run to God, we run to ourselves. Or we sit in life without moving. Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go, but not there. That's too scary. Now, now here's what I know, that the power of, the powerful promise of the gospel is I will be with you always. I'll be with you always. That's, that's the promise. Like, like all the work to rescue and redeem and to restore you is done in Christ. And then he says, I'm going to do that and then I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit and, and He is going to equip you and remind you and empower you for life with God. Which is, again, a frontier living. It is. And now a lot of us, and Swan, we could probably start wrapping this up. Um, a lot of us like the idea of frontier living, right? We like to watch shows where where it's the, the Wild West, and, and we're like, man, that'd be so awesome. But yet, we really want the rocking chair on our porch so we can sit and we can say, I'm fine with a life that is 
not moving at all. So the powerful promise of the gospel, powerful promise of Jesus is when you say you will go wherever I tell you to go, I go with you. And here's what I love about this. That's been the promise of God. Really, you can go as early back as, as the Garden of Eden, which tends to be where our story starts, right? That he walks with them. You can go to the Israelites, and, and he hears their cry, and he, he leads them out of slavery in Egypt, and, and he walks with them as a, as a pillar of fire uh, by, by night and a cloud by day. He, he tells them to build the tabernacle, and his presence rests on them. And then he says, hey, let's go take that land. And even though they're scared to death to do it, he says, I will empower you. Be bold and courageous. Wherever your feet go, that's where your, that's where your possession's going to be. And the story of mankind is this back and forth of yes, I'm in, and then no, I'm not. And yes, I am, and no, I'm not. And yes, I am, no, I'm not. And that's where we find ourselves today. Because Jesus has looked at us, and we have told him, right? I will follow you wherever you go. We've heard his invitation, follow me. And many of us have given our hearts and our lives to him, and we said, I will go with you wherever you go. But first, and here's where I want, here's where I want to leave us. I know, it's, it's a sad, sad place to leave us, right? Is what is, what is your but first excuse? What is that? Like Jesus, I, I would speak to them. I would proclaim to them. I would, I would serve them so that I could help them who are far from God find life in Jesus. What is, what is that, that I will do that, but first let me blank. And now here's what I hope. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. I hope if you're brave enough to ask that question, that you would be brave enough to listen to God explain it to you. And then you would be strong enough to allow well, those strongholds to be broken and those chains to be broken so that you can live in freedom and joy and peace and purpose. We, we, we shouldn't bargain with God because we're not the prize. So when he says, Let's do this. We say, yes, Lord. Walking in the way of your truth, we wait eagerly for you, for your name and your renown are the desire of my hearts. That's Isaiah 26. That's how the church of God is set in motion and the glory of Christ is seen to an un to a dark and dying world. All right. I'm off my soapbox. Our desire this week is to love God by loving people. We make a couple things available. If you need prayer this morning, we will have some people over here. We want to pray. We want to pray with you. We believe that life 
should not be lived outside of community. And prayer is one of the best avenues to form community where we can lean with one another so we can shield one another when the enemy is firing um, uh, arrows at us. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart, we want to give you that opportunity to respond to His great love, to God's great love in Jesus. And we believe that starts with this confession of Jesus. I've done life that, that uh, does not honor you. But I believe you are my Lord and my Savior. Now help me live a life that glorifies you. If you've never done that, come, come find me. Come find one of the people over there. We, we would love to share our story about what he's done there. I love you guys. I love you, love you, love you. Let's, let us pray. Father, we thank you that you move in us and around us, that you care for us, that you walk amongst us, And I pray you would draw us to the, to the end of ourselves and that, that we would understand that, that when we say, I'll follow you wherever, that there's no addition to that. There's not a but first, let me. Father, re- restore unto us the joy of who you are. so that we can go with you wherever you go. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yes, stand with us as we close out today. Oh, now Jesus Christ we
guys have a blessed week. You're dismissed. To the world.